What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I'm Jim Love, and I'm a keynote and motivational speaker. And this is episode 46 46. of the the Hustling Sideways podcast. I just did the math in my head. Yeah, that that checks out. And we are right after Thanksgiving. Yep. It is the Monday after, which is, I, I would argue, one of the laziest Mondays of all time i actually won't even be in town <laughs> yeah well, when this airs yeah. i'm not even in you're town. not I'm gonna be here. here uh i will be i will say so my family is um who listens to this show of course mm-hmm. bless them is a maniac family and we are the ones that run the turkey trot uh on saturday you know okay. after we've eaten all the things and have watched too much college football so yeah i'm hoping that when i'm at this this part of my life that i will have given a 5k update on a personal record Okay. I'm going for of under 23 minutes. So time will tell. Been rocking a Peloton. There uh, you go. And it's been, I'm nice. in Kristen. Yeah, it was killing the Peloton. So I'm excited. Been doing like the crazy, you know, back and forth, six minute mile, 12 minute mile. Oh. Um, and it's, uh, yeah. So I got I, my, my dad and my brother are good runners and I'm not. So uh, I got, I, it's about to go down. Let's just I have that. always seen <laughs> a, uh, I've seen like memes and stuff that's like, know what family you're getting into. If they're uh-huh. the kind of family that watches football on Thanksgiving or runs 5Ks on Thanksgiving. Mine's a maniac one. Now you're both of them. So I'm a little bit. Yeah, we got a lot going on. We got in-laws, of course, that, that that you know, despise our our efforts to do that. But you know what? They chose this family and they knew what they had when they were coming in. As so long as you have one family member that you can absolutely smoke in a 5K, yeah. doesn't matter. Oh, we're good. I got a you're couple. There. Yeah, you got to have one. I'm not going to name any names, but I got a couple. <laughs> Talking to you, Uncle Jerry. Uncle no, Jerry, that's you. Um, well, we are so excited uh, to be here. As you both, uh, as you both, as you all know, uh, Alan and I went to a lovely university in yep. Milwaukee where we're based called Marquette. Yeah, And we like to have on our friends from Marquette quite often who are just doing awesome things and have great stories and, and, and uh, you know, generally are just great people to talk to. And we have one of them today. So I'm- Yeah, and we also bonded over going to uh, years and years of Marquette basketball games. Uh, your bet. And so we are going to we're going to collect all those things and bring them all together and welcome on a very special guest. It is your very own Marquette basketball's finest, Jarrell McNeil. Ooh. Jarrell is the co-founder of the McNeil Acker Foundation. And uh, Jarrell, we're so excited to have you on. Welcome to Hustling Sideways. Welcome. Excited to be on, fellas, man. I want to appreciate both of you guys for having me on. I'm excited about uh, spending a little bit of time and getting to talk with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So first and foremost, where are you calling us from tonight? Uh, I'm I'm back home, actually, uh, just a little bit southwest of Chicago. So that's why I call home now. I'm right, right out in the... Uh, out in Frankfurt area. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So and, um, one thing to know about Jarrell and I is that we are big <clears throat> fans. So that's uh that's a thing. We share that in common. I would say that was probably the first thing that we ever bonded on over, over the Twitter webs, which is the best place to do it on. But yeah. a Marquette alum and a White Sox fan are not mutually exclusive things. So <laughs> um, we, we, we're in a very tight ship and uh and it's and it's great. And and actually your Twitter avatar, I believe, is you throwing out a first pitch at yeah, yeah, or at least, uh, at least it was. I'm about to say I'm not sure if I switched it. I, I I play around with that type of stuff all the time. But yeah, that's one of my favorite picks. That was like a, a major, major highlight of my life. So uh, yeah, I try to keep that. I try to keep that uh that profile picture in rotation quite a bit. Absolutely, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it, love it. So um, tell us a little bit about you know sort of your background and and maybe you know your the road to getting in to Marquette and what that was like for you and and um so some of those experiences along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, just to me personally, I'm a uh, Chicago native, so I was pretty much born and raised uh, out this way my entire life. Uh, both of my parents, uh, well, my mother, I should say, is 
was born and raised here as well. My father was originally from a, a smaller town in uh, out in Senatobia, Mississippi. So my father's a a down south, uh, a good old country boy. So uh, <laughs> and uh, so he, uh, what ended up happening? He ended up moving up when his sisters, uh, his eldest sister moved up, or not his eldest, but his older sister moved up uh, to Chicago. Uh, he ended up moving up this way. Uh, him him and my mom met through a mutual friend the rest is history uh they both ended up being lifelong chicagoans and uh yeah and i've been here ever since uh i went to high school uh back out closer back out this way at uh, hillcrest high school uh finished up there after four years and uh i was a pretty good player we had some good teams when i was there but uh yeah i was an all-state first team guy uh parade all-american coming out uh i'll say probably like a top 100 recruiting my class not the not on the high end but still was a little bit under recruited in my opinion but uh you know just one of the better players though going throughout the country and uh yeah so pretty much went from there and uh when it was time to make my college decision uh Marquette ended up being like the perfect fit for me a big part of my recruiting process uh was when they went on the 0-3 run to the yeah. final four uh that was a really big a really big part of it and that's kind of like when I, I i completely uh fell in love with the program and just the culture and everything so i got a chance to go up to a ton of those games when uh d wade and uh trav and uh, steve and all those guys and rob jackson scott Merritt, those guys were on the team man and they had a really good group uh and they did a lot of winning so uh was constantly just around getting a chance to see the city uh, at this point in time this was still like i think the al mcguire center was like under construction or just getting ready yeah. to be built so like <laughs> yeah. yeah they they made it a point that they they were, that was part of their recruiting pitch back then they drove me over to empty hole in the ground and was like yeah man, this <laughs> thing is gonna be awesome gonna love uh, it. when it's all done <laughs> i swear <laughs> it's gonna be top notch and uh I must admit, they did not disappoint, though. Uh, also, oh, facility. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of what I fell in love with the program and everything from there. And uh, more than anything, I had a, a really special bond, I felt like, with Coach uh, Coach Crean at the time, who had been there for a while. And uh, they had a great year, and I felt like it, uh, it just made sense to me. It was uh, generally close close enough to home. Uh, I was one of the people I didn't really care about location when I went to college, when I was choosing school, like uh, – I'm a bit of a loner, so it's like I could have went halfway across the country. But one of the things that I did uh, kind of take into consideration was like, uh, it'd be cool just to, uh, to be able to have my parents to come see me as much as possible yeah. for games and stuff. Because uh, you know they they've always been so supportive of me throughout uh, throughout just my entire career, even before I was in uh, high school. You know they then they were taking road trips, following us all over the country when we were kids and you know, could barely play dead. So, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to at least stay somewhere moderately close. And it just seemed like the perfect fit, especially uh, with them going into the new Big East Conference, too. That was awesome, man. Uh, yeah. I'm super, super competitive guy. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was good enough, but I wanted to go up against the best and see where I stacked up. So, and I knew with the realignment that that was probably going to be the best conference. And uh, it was for sure. Probably, in my opinion, probably still the best basketball conference that had been put together. To this to, to this day, uh, ACC is close now, but it's still not the same. I feel like some of the teams uh, a little wishy washy in ACC from year to year nine days. Some of the old old uh, powerhouse schools. So uh, yeah, and I went on from there. Made a decision to go up to Marquette, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll stop there and let you guys jump back in.
Yeah, oh, and oh. then a, a solid career as one of the big three for, for Marquette during your run there. Um, and then coming out of school, too, uh, offers to play you know overseas and, and a little brief stint with the NBA as well. Tell us a little bit about that, how that kind of um, – what you know led you to playing overseas initially? Like, how does that contact first get made? Because I think a lot of oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's uh, you know, when you get into that, you know, that's one of the cool things about it. Just being somebody, and I always consider myself, I still consider myself, just being really, really fortunate. Just when you start playing a game as a kid, it's just out of pure love and. It's 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 kind of remained that way for me. That's been one of the most purest things in my life, uh, start to finish. But just when you start, you never really truly dream of getting the opportunity to do something that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, to earn a living. So I was really fortunate to do that. Uh, coming out of school, uh, <clears throat> I was projected to be like a late first, early second round pick. Uh, I went undrafted coming out that year. And uh, I ended up getting to go to a training camp. So I got a, a training camp invite with the Los Angeles Clippers. This was like my rookie year out. Uh, ended up being like one of the last cuts on that team. And uh, and at that point, I pretty much just kind of had a decision to make. And this is like all the little parts that nobody ever really tells you about. I had a decision to make it. It was just like, you know, you talk to your agent. Uh I guess I, I kind of should backtrack and not skip over that process. That's also a big part of the process. Uh, you know, when I first uh, got done with school, you know, I took meetings and I had one of my uh, one of my mentors set up meetings for me uh, just with a, a group of a couple of agents just to try to decide who was going to represent you. And uh, that's probably one of the weirdest things for somebody like me because I'm just like a super I don't know if I I just like I'm I'm just like a really humble down-to-earth person so like you go you get into these meetings and so many sales pitches and people trying to tell you what they could do for you and it's just like man I I, I'm I'm gonna do pretty much I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do same thing regardless who the representative is I don't need you to make me any crazy promises just put me in this position to get on the court and I'll do the rest. So uh, right. I ended up picking an agent. Uh, I ended up picking an agent uh, and how that process went is just kind of like I was the last cut. I could have went to the, which at, at the time was the D league, which has now been renamed to the G league. I could have yeah. did that option and got allocated, uh, uh, but <clears throat> still isn't, but uh, the pay wasn't great, man. But that's so like, obviously to make a lot more money, and uh and start your start your career off a little bit better. Uh, you also had the option to go somewhere and try to get on overseas. Uh, and at this point in time, overseas, how that usually works is guys usually sign anywhere from, you know, some the guys are signing early, earlier now. But generally, when I was playing and throughout the course of the years, guys usually sign around July, June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and they get guys over there and start training camp by August, pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you're going after that, you're kind of late. So for the most part, rosters are already put in place. And me going to training camp, uh, it was kind of a situation where you kind of got to wait for something to open up. Uh, if the team start trying to make changes, you, that usually happens around Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, most teams uh, got guys where they feel like, oh, this isn't working out great, so let's figure something out and try to maybe get another piece in here. So what I ended up doing was going back home for a while, training after I got cut. And uh, <clears throat> waiting on the deal to come up, and I ended up uh, going over and playing my first year uh, in Belgium. I was in Mons, Belgium, uh, 
which is probably like it's probably like an hour away from Brussels. But yeah, absolute uh complete culture shock for me. Yeah, <laughs> but uh say. really cool. The basketball was the same. I adapted. Uh like I said, I'm <laughs> one of those people I got you can kind of put me anywhere on earth and I'll figure it out. Uh it's just <laughs> that's what I did. That's what I did. And uh, you know, like you said, just going from there, uh, I had I've been I've been really, really blessed and fortunate, man. Just with the overseas thing, uh, one of the perks of it is that you know I've I've, I've played and uh, and I and I run a list here just the, the places I've actually lived and played in uh, Belgium, Italy, uh, France, Spain, uh, China, mm-hmm. Israel, Germany, uh, Greece. Oh wow! Uh, so full full passport. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm on the second one. Uh, I, all my pages got burnt up, so they was like, "Yeah, you can. We can add more pages. We'll give you a new one. Give me the new one." Uh, <laughs> and I put the old one up and uh, and put it up somewhere. So I gonna I got all that's the one I got all the stamps in now. So yeah, so I had an opportunity to play all over the world. And like you also said, a couple cups of coffee in the NBA. Uh, cool thing about that, I've played in the G League, the D League, both of them. Uh, and I and I had really good success pretty much everywhere I've been. Uh, most of the time, except I would say every, every year I played, uh, went back and played in G League. I got called up. So every year I went there, I got a call up and I got opportunity to get uh, to catch on with the NBA roster. Uh, whether it was for the rest of the year, ten days. Uh, you know, my first one was ten days. After that, the other two times I was I was with the team all the way throughout the next year. So, um, yeah. So uh, I had I had a a really unique journey and I've been around a little bit of everywhere and it's, uh, it's been really cool, man. And I, I've been, I've been really fortunate and I'm super appreciative of all, all the, all the opportunities I've been given. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, just having, you know, how many, how many places you just lifted off, listed off, how many yeah. people have seen that they've even been to those places, number right. one, but actually <clears throat> played there is, is pretty incredible. Did you have like a favorite place that, that, that you've, that you've been to that was just like that stood out above the rest of, Man, it's, it, it is it is so hard because that's what I said. I just gave you guys the list of places that I actually – I've played there and I live there, uh, but the list of how many places I've actually been is – I could I would have to sit down and actually think, like, really hard about it. So that's the <laughs> coolest thing about it. Yeah, I've been a little bit everywhere, but uh, – and, and, and picking the places is tough. Uh, and so I'll give you a top – like a top list, a top three mm-hmm. – uh, okay. first of all, one of the ones that uh, the last place that I was at, uh, Israel, I got a chance to play there and I was living in Tel Aviv for two years. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Unbelievable. Awesome. Uh, I had no idea. It was like a hidden gem to me. Like people always told me like, man, uh, if you ever get to Tel Aviv, it's amazing. But, uh, actually being there and living in the city, uh, man, really cool city. Kind of reminds you of South Beach, a little bit of, uh, Miami vibe, uh, oh, vibe. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and culturally going going back toward the European area, man, uh, Greece was an amazing place to live. I stayed in a city called uh, Saloniki, okay. uh, which is a little bit farther than it is farther north than uh, Athens. So I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, you can you might need to fact check this. Athens is the biggest city, but I think Saloniki is the second biggest city. Okay. Uh, okay. So like it's over a million people, but oh my god, breathtaking, beautiful city, man, and uh, just the Greek people are beautiful people, and I got a lot of, a lot of really, uh, really good lifelong friends from that year playing, man. We had a hell of a year over there, so that's that's definitely on the list. 
And another one of the sleeper ones that I'll say, uh, you know, Italy was awesome as well. Italy was amazing. I stayed in a really small city called Monte Granaro, mm-hmm. probably like two hours from Rome. Uh, the next closest biggest city to us was Ancona. That's where we are, uh, like the airport was. Uh, we actually played our games in Ancona too. But uh, yeah, uh, Italy's an amazing place. Food, uh, oh my God, top notch. If I could do that over again and just like, <laughs> oh my God, the food, man. Everything's so fresh. And, all I hear is like, yeah, it's and, like unreal you know, how much yeah. okay yeah okay. and the wine and the wine the wine is awesome like let me not, <laughs> of course. That. I don't want to yeah I don't want to sound like an alcoholic but you know we have some good nights as well so uh, hey, yeah, when, it is, when literally in Rome yeah or yeah. When, yeah you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> you know uh, it's very interesting to me I mean obviously every kid grows up and wants to go to the league you know any kid mm-hmm. that plays ball wants to grow up and go to the league but I think that there's something that you just get a crazier life experience out of that. You know what I mean? Like from going your route and playing overseas and being to all these different countries. Like, I think that teaches, you know, a lot more about, you know, character that builds, you know, hard work, everything, because you're now kind of in that, like it's you alone and you've got to learn Mm -hmm. this language and you've got to adapt to this situation. Uh, Is that something that you found, you know, hard to do was to play in another country and have to learn, you know, the culture, the language, and how to adjust. I mean, the game is yeah, the game, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, that's really a uh, 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 spot on kind of question right there too, Alan. Uh, and I tell people that all the time. Uh, without me completely knowing it at the time and me not being this way before even, but uh, just being able to be a, a world traveler like that and being in them situations, man, like uh, – it uh it kind of changes your perception of the world if that makes sense uh yeah. you know so so many times and I tell people this all the time it, you know not not to say that anybody ever wants to hear it or you know nothing wrong but you know Americans are great people mm-hmm. but uh boy are we spoiled we are we are a spoiled bunch and uh and we kind and, and we kind of all just had this my way or the highway attitude on most things right being like on the opposite side like you know you see people in this country sometimes who are not you know native born here you know what i mean and they're kind of like foreigners and when you kind of look at them like oh yeah you don't know nothing you're not from america not american you should yeah. conform to our ways when you're in america but it's just different being on that opposite side so mm-hmm. being that outlier and being an american surrounded by a bunch of people like they dropped me off in belgium and everybody uh, in that country spoke French, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Spanish for maybe four years between high school and college. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yep, missed on this one. Maybe on the next <laughs> try. So, uh, yeah, I had no idea what anybody was saying to me. But um, it just lets you know also how just how, how capable you are. Uh, uh, we are as humans of uh, mm-hmm. still connecting with people. Mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily speak the same language and just you know people are so much more prone to be uh generous and nice and taking their time and trying to help you with things if you're willing to even just try you know what i mean <laughs> just just try sometimes like you try to take the time I like i used to, I, I try to make it i make it a point like everywhere i went like and like i said i wasn't in the uh always in the greatest of situations because i was pretty much going to a different country every year, but I, was, I never got a chance to stay in one country for multiple years outside of the, the two years in uh, Israel. But 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, I used to always make it a point to try to pick up a little bit of the language, uh, mm-hmm. learn about the customs, you know, not stuff that I hear about it, uh, you know, in the States actually being there and asking, asking one of the, you know, the native people about it, you know, that all that type of stuff, like it means a lot to me. And I felt like it always brought me closer and connected me with my teammates and the locals a lot more. And uh, I enjoy each, 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 each and every experience, man. It's really cool just to see the different cultures and the different languages. Everybody does things differently, you know what I mean? But all at the same time, you know, we're all human beings and we all in this, on this world, you know, just trying to find our way, uh, so, like I said, it just really, it really just gave me a completely different look on uh, on life in general. That's yeah. awesome, you know. And I, speaking of that connectedness, <clears throat> I I know how close you are with, you know, your your teammates from Arquette and and you know the, the yep. players there there now in the last couple of years. And how how did you maintain that? I mean, being being gone and being in, you know, because I, I mean, I think about the folks that I know from college now who are maybe some of my best friends that. I'm in Milwaukee and I work here and I have for 10 years and some of them, I don't even talk to for yeah. a year and change until I see a football game. How, how, how did you pull that off to, cause I just, I know how connected you are in that, in that university. And, and I know it's, it is really a brotherhood when it comes down to it, but what was that like for you to, to try and keep up with those folks you shared such a common experience with? Uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's, um, I'll tell you, and one of the things, like you said, you say you go like a year and some change. Sometimes you won't talk to your close friends. Like, man, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy, man. Uh, when you're kind of in our controlled environment, you know, we kind of understand that we were all in Milwaukee, you know, seeing these people constantly for four or however many years you were in the city. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, once you get out of that, and uh, everybody's life kind of starts moving on and taking different turns and going in different directions. And at the same time, like I was just said in the last segment, you know, just like, uh, you know, everybody's trying to kind of find their way. But so, you know, you kind of got to make it a priority to take that time and try to stay connected. And that was one of the always things, uh, things that was always big with me. One of the things that was easy for most of us was that, we still had the bond that even though we were no longer at Marquette in, in Milwaukee <clears throat> together that we were all still playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that made it a little bit easier, you know, kind of our, all our routines were similar. We were all still, you know, dribbling the ball, trying to get it going and uh, competing on a, on, on a high level. So uh, you still connected through that in a sense. But the other way, I, I will say this, a lot of group chat. Right, and I'm sure, sure. And I'm sure we're all. I'm sure we're all probably prisoners to it nowadays. Anyway, like if you had to think about it, like how many different group chats am I in on my phone? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, a lot of group chats, and uh, I tried to make them as big as possible. And over the years, they they dwindled down, like you said. Like it, it just happens, man. No hard feelings, uh, like you know, yeah. not holding any grudges. The guys falling out necessarily. Just it just dwindles down. Some stay more closer to others and continue to chime in and send those messages and some kind of fall by, uh, you know, fall by the wayside. So, uh, but uh, it, it's important to me and uh, we done, I think we've done a really good job of it. Um, I probably still talk to Wes entirely too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we get tired of each other. Like, yeah, you know, we just had a type of relationship where, you know, FaceTime call 2 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, what you think about this? And, yeah, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's just, but like I said, that's that's my brother. So, like, you know, I'm hoping it'll be like that forever, and I'll I'll never bat an eye at it, and I'll always answer the phone. And uh, and you know, with Neek, uh, his 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 was a little bit different. Um, 
you know, we, we weren't all talking to him as much at times initially. And, uh, and to be honest, uh, he was probably the, I think Nick, me and Nick were the first ones to kind of connect when we all signed going into Marquette. So yeah, like me right. and him had a relationship mm-hmm. and, uh, we ended up at some of the same tournaments and, uh, coach cream gave us each other. None. I think I, I still see people like, I think it was like the, like his part of his master genius, like he did it on purpose. Like he planted little seeds and he just knew like, if I want things to go right, I'm going to need these guys to be close. And he did the same thing with Wes, but I think Wes signed out to both of us. Uh, I think we both signed or committed first, I should say not signed. And then Wes was the last one because it was between pretty <laughs> much Marquette and Madison. So he Wes had, had to, to take one yeah, more visit just to make sure. Yeah, right? Friday, yeah, we right? had to, no, we, yeah, we had to pry him away from that, uh, that that Madison stuff, so uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So he and he kind of just connected connected all of us and had us make relationships. So with him and uh, you know, obviously, like I said, without going into too much detail, you know, things go on and other people's lives and take turns and things like that. So uh, and one of the biggest things, him, me and him, I got so much love for Nick. It was just me, you know, constantly trying to make sure that you got that phone number, make sure that you reach out and let them know. Bro, mm-hmm. we still here. You know, you need anything? What's going on? Where you at now? And uh, I've been adamant about that. I constantly try to be adamant about that. And I'm saying that I'm perfect or the best. That it is just something that it means a lot to me because those those guys mean a lot to me. I'm not who I am today if I don't meet Wes Matthews and Dominique James and I don't play with those guys and the Dwight Burks and you know what I mean all all of those guys. You know what I mean? I'm not the same person I am today. They all have an effect. We I think we all had an effect on each other. So. Uh, it was just important to all of us. And I say uh, that, yeah, it was really cool because Nick just went into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Lord, what was that? A couple months ago. Last year, yeah, this year? Last I can't, year. Yeah, so I started to run in. Yeah, it was somewhere in last year. So, uh, and uh, yeah, we all got a chance to go up and be back there. And I drove up, me and a couple of my other guys drove up from down here just to make sure that we were there because we knew he was going in and make sure that he had the support and things like that. And uh, like I said, it's not always easy, man, but we all try to do our best to stay connected and we all still love each other. We're still really close friends and, uh, you know, our families are connected, you know what I mean? It's like just so many things, so many connections with it. Yeah, it's just something that just kind of never changed, man. We went through so much together. We grew up, we became uh, men together. So uh, something that always be special. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's so cool because, you know, obviously Alan and I, um, well, we were, we were recruited by a lot of schools to play basketball. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think what's great is, is of course, you know, you guys being, being, you know, on a national level and, and, and being noticed do represent the vibe and the energy and the atmosphere of the school. And you yeah. don't, you don't get that very often. I think at state schools, they're, they're sort of on their own and, and, you know, whatever, like you were so ingrained and in, in, we're student athletes and like, I think because like, I'm I'm friends with like a lot of the players, you know, that I went to college with and, and your I know we didn't interact in, in college because we weren't there at the same time. But like, yeah, that that what I, is what I think is a huge difference is is like you actually represented what is great about the institution, which is why I think so many people identify with those, themselves with that team and, and, and with, you know, with the brotherhood that came with it and with the friendship. And it's it's a lifelong commitment. And, and you guys are a perfect example of it, which I, it's just a, it's such a good way to represent what I think people came away from with their experience there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that also leads to, you know, kind of what you're doing now yeah. with, uh, with Mo Acker. Um, that's, yep. you know, uh, the, the project that you're working on now. So tell us a little bit kind of about what you guys are doing and then uh, how that kind of came about. 
Yeah, so uh and and yeah, just like I said, it's all uh, like you guys said, it's just kinda a, a good segue into it. Um because it's all kind of connected anyway, and just going on from that, like you said, being at Marquette and being around those guys and doing so much. Uh, once I finished, uh, not finished playing, but once I graduated uh, from Marquette in uh, 2009, I'll say the next year or so after that uh, is uh, when I created, we created the uh, the Non-For-Profit Foundation, the McNeil Acker Foundation, uh, me and uh, – my other former teammate, Maurice Zacker, who you guys know, I'm sure he played yeah. against with Marquette, but uh, that was actually my best friend mm-hmm. from high school. He played with me at Hillcrest, and we grew up together. So me and right. Mo are best friends. Like, you know, we're all best friends now. So, but, uh, right. <laughs> you know, it's something like you can't separate <laughs> any of us. So, uh, so he's, uh, he's their best friend too. So, uh, yeah, but uh, we, we created that. And uh, just because, and like I said, this is just the part about, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even think you would call it being humble, just knowing, man, uh, we had – where we started that together, us just being good friends and loving the hoop and play basketball and what it was able to uh, to grow to. Uh, I felt uh, uh, a strong desire and a passion just about uh, doing everything within our ability to give back. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 that was that was that was really important to me because we just we we talk so much constantly just me and him about like man you know you remember this man you remember we used to go to this tournament you remember such and such dad used to have to drive us out here and pick us up and we had this one time you know like uh and I say this to my kids now all the time man uh nobody you nobody becomes a successful person without help along the way mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 100%. And uh, anybody that's truly successful, and I mean sustained success, not fleeting success, uh, you know, they have help along the way, man. And, uh, you know, that can change somebody's life and, and, and it can have a crazy impact on uh, on a lot of different people. Uh, so I wanted to come back and do the same thing. I wanted to try to help as many kids as I could, as we could, uh, to try to give back and, you know, not necessarily just always predominantly about sports and basketball, you know, that kind of just, that was just kind of our starting point where we started mm-hmm. it. So we started off just doing like a, a annual basketball camp. Cause keep in mind, we're doing all of this while we're still playing. So uh, right. like I say, in the calendar year, uh, especially with the overseas stuff, you're gone 10 months out of the year, right? Uh, nine, nine, 10 months out of the year, nine, 10 if you make playoffs, nine if you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got two and a half months pretty much at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we weren't able to do and put it exactly where we wanted it as quick as we wanted it. So we just kind of did it slowly but surely. And uh, uh, we started off doing like a yearly uh, annual basketball camp. Uh, and we started off doing it completely just a free camp. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we were just having kids come out, giving away shirts, and hours in the gym with them we had put together we were really fortunate to put together a couple sponsors and you know try to get some donations uh we fed them they had lunch provided for them uh and we were there like pretty much all day for a week straight and i started doing it at my old high school initially and uh you know and it kind of just took off and grew from there uh a big part of why we were even able to do any of this was just because of our our collective uh, resources with our families, uh, his mom, his dad, my sister, uh, 
and some of my sister's best friends who are like my sisters, I consider those my family as well. They all, uh, while still working real jobs, just being here on the regular, they kind of went to the forefront with everything and handled the operational needs and got us to everything we needed to do. Uh, to become a true non-for-profit organization and get the, uh, you know, the 501c and all that type of stuff and mm-hmm. things like yep. that in order and building up sponsors and working and getting us a website and, you know, just stay, sticking with it after some years and staying passionate about it, man. We really saw, saw how much that it was affecting the community and people around us and getting really good feedbacks and it just grew and grew and grew. And now we're, uh, we're legit. We're running. We got a calendar. It's still not where we want to be. Obviously, a grow a, a growing project still to this day. But uh, you know, we got a, we got a decent calendar. Where now we got we got it to a point where we do uh, we still do the basketball camp. Uh, I started adding some more like uh, individual training with kids and stuff now during the year and the, the fall and the summer and things like that. Uh, we also do uh, toy drives around Christmas time where we do uh, take donations, all that stuff and just give away to a, a ton of families and needs. And we do food drives right now too, as well coming up around the, uh, just passing the Thanksgiving holiday, I should say. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we do uh, what we do: food donations, and uh, you know, just a, a ton of different things. Anything that we can think to do to help back, especially with the youth. Uh, if we could do it through sports, great. But if not, we still want to go have an opportunity to go out and impact families in need, uh, especially in the in the communities that need it the most. So uh, we got a pretty a pretty decent calendar now. Like I said, we just been growing it up over the years, man, and it's uh. It's, I look at it now as almost like my life's work. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Just, uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm. I, I'm. I'm pulling. I've been pulling my all into it, and uh, you know, and just and just just that whole line, and not not even just my foundation, just everything that I do now is just trying to build. It's just kind of built on trying to give back and help the next generation. For sure, I love it. I think that you know what you're doing too. Like sports is a good gateway, but it's the moments that you're not on the court that I think those kids are going to remember too. Like you said, like, Absolutely. You, give them, you know, you're, you're in the gym and you're working with them, but they're going to remember lunch with their <clears> other, <throat> with their best friends now. And they're going to play, remember play and pick up games with their friends. And Absolutely. then if they go on through their journey. Like they're going to, you know, you're making memories for them too, you know? Yep, is- absolutely. That's another one I forgot to mention. I love to say we do like a back to school bash uh, in August every year before all the kids go back with they- free food. Uh, I got a ton of like really cool Nike bags to give away. We fill all the bags up with school supplies. Nice. Uh, anybody that needs them. And uh, yeah, we have it all set up uh, out in the park, uh, DJ, a bouncy houses, a couple basketball courses. Uh, it's, it's a really good event. That's part of our, uh, our annual calendar as well, man. So like you said, just uh, just trying to take those moments as well, not just always sports related, just to be able to give back and, uh, you know, try to rub off on as many as the, as the youth as possible. Uh, that's really important. So great. I mean, I feel like your whole journey has brought you to, to what you're doing right now. I mean, you know, the gratitude you felt in high school going into Marquette, which is a university that obviously we all know and love, but is dedicated to, to, to this, to giving back and and to Mm -hmm. using your talents, which I think is the important part. Some people want to find ways to, uh, to, to really get back or really be a part of their community. And you're using something you're really good at and have made a career out of, and also now taking the coaching part and going into being like, this is what I want to do. And I could tell how much has become your passion and really your vocation to make this your next step. And, um, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you see 
happening with it. I know you're obviously doing so much now. Like, do you, do you see this growing into beyond, you know, kind of like a, a local thing or do you see it becoming sort of like a national, you know, well, how, how do you, how do you see this foundation really, really growing and becoming something even bigger? You know, and that's the next step for us is, uh, and, and this goes back to something I kind of said earlier, uh, you can't always get to true success without some help, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and and that's one of the big things that I'm open to. Uh, I, I, I've been doing everything I can just to continually make the connections and things like that. So, you know, I know we're not a, uh, the biggest foundation. Uh, you know, we don't have the most stuff going on, the biggest sponsors and the most money floating through it. But at the same time, uh, you know, you're one partnership away from somebody seeing you doing doing things the right way, or they want to try to give away and funnel some, uh, you know, some uh, some extra stuff through you to try to help you give back and help your foundation. Uh, so, so just building those bridges, man. You know, sky's the limit with it. But at the same time, uh, my my intention is not is not to try to make it the biggest and the best. Uh, it's just to try to just, just try to get as far an outreach as possible, mm-hmm. and that's through and that's through me collaborating with somebody else and being a, a, a having a smaller stake in the table or whatever it is. That's fine as well. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to control everything. I don't have to decide always what we're doing. I'm willing to work with other people and just see where it takes them. But the more people that we're able to affect, and you know, what I mean, in, in in the right areas as well, that's important to me. So. Uh, you know, sky the sky's the limit with it. Uh, I'm not I'm not looking like I said to uh, to shoot to the moon with it or and just have the biggest and the best. I just want to try to do what I can to try to have the greatest impact and the farthest outreach to help the youth. Love yeah, it for sure. Love it. I have to imagine that some of your old teammates have been. Uh, obviously, you're partnering with one of your real teammates and best friends, but have yeah. you know the Arcade community? I would I would imagine has has been has been a, a big source of you know, just resources for you and folks that have helped out probably been a part of the camps. I would imagine too, as have you've seen a lot, a, a lot of that been, been a big help with just that, that sort of that basketball brotherhood. Yep. And, uh, and they always constantly uh, are trying to do what they can to just try to help pump, pump stuff through them. Uh, we use a lot of their color schemes and stuff. That's not, that's purposeful. You know what I mean? All that type of stuff. Cause you know, we're still connected with them and we love those guys up there. Like I said, they, uh, they help us out with so much and constantly give us great platforms and different ways to help us generate uh, donations and funds and things like that. And just, and continue to get the message out and help us out. So uh, we're really appreciative of them. And, uh, you know, obviously we'd love to continue to do even more with them if possible and just continue. Like I said, just keep building bridges, man. not burn them down. That's the most important thing. Is this ever something that you think uh, growing up playing ball that you would ever have done? Do you ever picture yourself having a, a nonprofit or an organization? Absolutely not. Uh, not even in, not even uh, on my on my radar growing up. But uh, at the same time, it's not to, to say like I didn't think I would try to ever help anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't know to the extent it was going to be too. You know, I never could probably fathom that at the time. But you know, you get older and you see so much, and uh, and that's one of the things I feel like should come with age and wisdom. It's just like man, uh, I. And I and I've always looked at it like this, even with my playing career. Uh, I'm I'm a, a a big team guy, a really big team guy. So it's just like, man, I'm not. I, I had a hell of a run. I had my time. I'm cool with letting go of the reins and letting the next the next young group behind me, 
you know, take the reins and take the charge. You know, uh, I want to do everything in my position to put a, put them in position to be more successful than even I was. You know what I mean? So that's just how I look at it. Yeah, we may have to do a little one on one when you're back in Milwaukee to just see if you still got it. <laughs> Hey, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah, I had a solid outside jumper in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> that means something, Jarrell. All right, yeah, just, just so remember yeah. that. <laughs> you catch the la- it's the last thing feet. that goes, the jumper. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. You still got it. Okay. Had a little, little mid range as uh-huh. long as you played uh, in the same gym that there was also a bingo hall. Yes, you're yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I so, You know, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I love. <laughs> that was my Al McGuire. The, the bingo hall will do it. Yeah. Nice, nice. What was your most memorable game as as a student when you when you played at Marquette, oh five to oh nine, the one game at six side in your head as like that was wild. What was what what, what was that game for you? Ooh. Oh man, uh, you know I I I usually when, I, when most people I usually go easy and I go with the UConn game. Uh, I knew that uh, just just because it was the first one, but. Yes. Outside of that game, let's go outside of that game. Let me think for a second. Oh man, you know what was a good one? Oh man, uh, uh, Notre Dame, mm. Notre Dame, the year Novak hit the shot in the corner, the, the three, yeah, yeah, and it like broke like a decibel level in the Bradley Center, too, or <laughs> something insane like that, right? I have never heard the Bradley Center that loud in my life. I was like, like. It was literally like you couldn't, you couldn't, like it was just, um, just like you couldn't hear anything. You just saw everybody moving around. It was like a movie, it's just awesome. like white noise. It was so loud, man. It was just, <laughs> and I used to see the shot go in, and it just goes completely deafening, man. Everybody's going crazy. We don't know if the game is over. You can't hit a buzzer. Like I just, yeah, like we, yeah, man. That was that was that was a really good game. That was it was just a great environment from start mm-hmm. to finish. And I remember that was one of the only few times. It's one of the cool things always about the BC man. Uh, they got the hockey rink under there, man. So <laughs> it was always freezing. Anytime oh, yeah, we had sure. shoot around. Anytime you were in there, like, uh, for practice, and we would be the only one. Oh, my God, I'm putting on six different shirts, uh, long tights, jogging pants. Yeah, I, I, that's how I'm going to warm up before practice start because it's so cold in there. And uh, I just remember coming into coming into warm-ups that night at Notre Dame, and it was just – it was so many people in there before a tip-off, like, the entire – like, it was hot. It was yeah. like, you know, all so many bodies in the body heat. I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't even need like a shirt today. Like I'm, I'm good. completely fine. Like it's I'm like, it's burning up in here. Like, yeah. So That's that was good. uh that was one of the better moments and better games for sure. Novak drilled the big one. Everybody went crazy. Uh it was it wouldn't be the first or last time that happened. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's awesome. Well, I, I, uh, do, go ahead. You guys oh, think? I was just gonna say this has been a blast. Yeah, man, this. we've really enjoyed having you on, and it's just it's great to hear. You know, of course, obviously, being Marquette's now second all-time leading scorer, I know you were probably rooting hard for Marcus to do that, and you're still in Marquette folklore, and it's, sure. it's a wonderful thing. I, I, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you guys formed a relationship just based off of that record, man. Channel. Absolutely, and uh, I guess until somebody knocks me down the third, which I'm sure is coming any day now, uh, we'll always kind of be connected in that way, sort of like the way, uh, you know, that I was connected with uh, with uh, George Thompson, uh, mm-hmm. rest in peace as well. One of the all-time great people and legends of Marquette basketball, man. Uh, GT was so nice to us and uh, talked so much to us. 
a really great guy. Always had a good joke, man. So uh, he'll be missed too, man. I'm sure me and Marcus will always be kind of connecting it to that way. Like I said, if somebody else drops me down, I don't know if anybody gonna get close to him. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, or relatively <laughs> close to any, or at least anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. like I said, times keep a change, and we just keep watching, right? That's right. That's right. We got high hopes. Gonna a tough loss against Purdue, but at, hopefully at this time when we're talking, it will be two more wins in and be ready to rock for the year. So uh, absolutely, you know. So Drell, it was it was a, just a pleasure to have you on, man, and, and you know, excited. I, I know you and I connect often, and um, if if people want to get in touch with you about about the foundation, where's the best place to do that? Uh, we got you can always go to the website. We got everything there, and uh, they got we got phone numbers on there, and also the email address and stuff is all right there on the website. You can drop a line or donate and all that stuff on the website. But the website is uh, McNeilAckerFoundation.com. Awesome, okay. awesome. That's Very easy cool. enough. Yeah, love it. I love it. And if people want to get in touch with this podcast, Alan, how do they <laughs> yeah. do that? Look at that yeah. transition. Like <laughs> you're learning. Forty six episodes in, you're learning. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with this podcast, we are available wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe to the show. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and now on TikTok on as TikTok, well. TikTok, all the things. Uh, Hustling Sideways, we are all over the place there as well. Uh, if you've got a side hustle or a passion project of your own as well, too, feel free to send us an email. It is hustlingsideways at gmail.com. Uh, Jarrell, thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it this so much, so man. Awesome. Hey, man. It. can't thank you guys enough man you guys are great man best of luck keep doing what you're doing and i'm sure this won't be the last time i'll come back for episode uh 242 next oh yeah you're in man well on that note everyone keep on hustling see you next time